This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Girl, and the question becomes this Are we ready to be found? Yes, we're ready to be found. We're ready to be found. And today's service is, is, is pretty simple. You know, it's a pretty simple concept. So, so kids, are you all ready to help me out on this? Kids are all right. So, so here's the service. From here over, when I point to you folks, you're going to say stones. All right? And from here over, you're going to say flowers. Today's service, today's Easter is simply about choosing between? Oh, you can say that more stonily. Ready? Between stones and flowers. That's what we're looking at. That basic choice between stones and flowers. And it's interesting, the Easter story, like, it's, it's a story that's important to come back to every year because it's this beautiful memory that we don't just pass through our head. We actually pass through our heart. We've ancient traditions, so much part of this. Ancient traditions about these basic choices that we make, and it passes back through our hearts. So it is so good to have you here today as we remember this story together. So kids, can I tell you a story, kids? I want to tell you a little story here. Beautiful story. A story about a man by the name of Jesus, and his whole commitment to love. Oh, there's the four slide. Can I read that to you? Yes. I've learned over many years that church isn't about order or quiet or even ritual, so much as it is about showing up. For yourself, for God, and for the people around you who need to feel just as you do, that the blessings and burdens of being a human being are not theirs to bear alone. Is that good? There we go. Give that a round of applause. Thank you guys up in the booth. Yeah, New Church Live, just in case you haven't figured it out, it sort of has a night at the improv feel to it. So, so, we're, so we're all good. So, so, you know, we have this beautiful story of this man named Jesus. Kids born just like you. I mean, a few miraculous circumstances attached to it. Talk to mom and dad. And born, raised, grew up, got to the age of 30 and felt this call deep in his heart. And it wasn't a call to conquer the world or to be the biggest, fastest, strongest. It was a simple call, telos, call, to teach the world the ways of love. To teach the world what does love actually look like? What does love actually do? And it's so easy when we tell this story to think of the lessons of love as being really simple and really easy. And in a sense, they are. In a sense, they are. But guess what? And this is sort of the bad news to a kids, or maybe a little bit of good news. And the adults will tell you, it actually becomes harder to love the older you get. It's known as the need to be right. It becomes hard. You know, because we start to grow up and we hit junior high school and high school and and all of a sudden we've got to belong to the right group and wear the right shoes and have the right backpack. Ride on the right place in the bus. And for adults, a lot of that stuff just grows. It's not a lot of fun living that way. 
So this message of love, I don't want anybody here to hear, hear it as something simple and easy. It's not. It actually gets harder and harder and harder in life. But the amazing part of it is that it gets more and more blessed. But don't be surprised, kids, if, as we work at being loving, there's challenges to it. I mean, just imagine, just imagine you decide to stand up for somebody in your class who's not popular. You decide, yep, I'm really, I remember what Pastor Chuck said, I'm going to try it. And you really try to be the loving person to that person who's not the right person, who's on the outs. It will cost you something. It'll be hard. And it will be blessed. Now, our love is like this. Christ's love is like this. And with how big that love was, man, how scared people got in the face of that love. Because he was saying things that totally turned the world upside down. That he who serves will be the greatest among you. That in weakness, there is strength. To love your enemies. I mean, all these crazy, wild things. And it had people so scared that actually Christ died. The crucifixion. That part of like, it was, it was, it, love can become so threatening. And this whole lesson would have been lost if on the Easter holiday, if, if God, if Jesus had, had, had come at it as, as an angry, vengeful God, but that's not the way it works. The story hits a tragic point. That's what happens on Friday, Good Friday. But underneath it, underneath it, listen carefully, underneath it, a message of love that got stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's what we celebrate on Sunday. That that message of love finally, in the end, wins. Now, the story I want to tell you here about that, to give you the sense of it. I'm good, we're going to be running a video here behind me, and I'm going to be narrating the video. And I want you kids to kind of put yourself in this place. Put yourself in the place of someone who's followed Jesus. And then all of a sudden, you see him die like in that picture. And you imagine all the fears and the worries. And that's what we're going to look at in this video. So take a look at this video, folks. So this is a story about Mary Magdalene. Mary had followed Jesus. And you imagine how sad she was. Incredibly sad. This person she had dedicated her whole life to. And she felt like maybe it was all worthless, that there was nothing there. And then she comes to his tomb two days after he died. You hear a voice there? You know, and she sees the stone rolled away. This place of death. And she's the stone not there anymore. And you can imagine her kids like slowly approaching, slowly approaching, wondering what she was going to see inside this. And she looks in. And the tomb is empty. And she races away to go and start to share this news. But she's not even sure, kids, quite what to make of it. 
So she races away, and at that time, this is ancient Jewish culture. And, and again, like this was an unfortunate part of old cultures, is, is in ancient Jewish culture, you had to have two men as witnesses for some, to have said something happened. So she races because she's got to get two men who can come to the tomb and who can say, yeah, you know, this is what happened. So that's where we pick up the Bible story here. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and that's John, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So she comes racing to them. She says, look, you got to come see this. And they come racing back. They want to see it too. They're not quite sure what's happened, but they're not quite getting it yet. Just as I don't get it all the time, just as most of us don't get it over, get it all the time. And what happens is they come back and they come over to this tomb, to this pile of rocks. And what do they see? Nothing. They don't see anything. They just see an empty tomb. And this is where the Bible, I think we can kind of smile with it. The Bible goes on to say this. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. In other words, they came to this tomb, they're standing there with Mary, and they go, yep, it's empty. Nothing to see. It wasn't some big, like, aha moment. All they're all agreed on is that there's nothing there. But I want you to know, that's not where the story ends. As the band comes out, as the band comes out, I want you to just let it grow in your heart. Yep, there is this part. There is this part that can feel so empty, alone, filled with fear. Could I get an amen? (laughs) There's that part in all of our lives, kids. In all of our lives. And then there's this part. And when I come back, that's what we're going to look like. Look at this turning away from this and this embracing this and all that this means. Amen. So let's continue with the story here, kids. And, and, and it's a beautiful part of it where we see this shift. From like looking over here and constantly looking over here and just seeing nothing to starting to see other things. Now I'm going to ask the kids, I'm going to need some help with this. This is the next Bible line that we're going to use. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to have, I need four volunteers that can come out with a microphone. Your mom and dad could help you. And if you'd like to read one of these lines, just raise your hand and I'll be around and you just read the line in the microphone. All right? So who would like to read that very first line? Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Excellent, thank you. Second line. Thinking he was the gardener, she said. She said. Now, kids, when I put something in yellow, that's Mr. Blair's way of saying, I need to remember to come back to that. All right? So I'm going to come back to that gardener line. Sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him.
Jesus said to her, Mary. Mary. Again, like, and you think of the beauty of that line, folks. The beauty of saying Mary. Just imagine the impact there, right? Imagine somebody for the adults. Sorry, kids, just hold on for a minute. I want to talk to the adults for a second. Imagine for an adult, you know, hearing somebody who they deeply loved, who's passed on to heaven, and they say their name. The impact of that. Now, kids, I got another question for you. Remember I said the words I want to come back to? I want to come back to the word gardener. Now, it says, thinking he was the gardener. Why did they think that he was the gardener? Why did she think that? What kid wants to raise their hand and tell me that? Why do you think that was the case? Why do you think? Does anybody want to guess? I'm going to have to call on a brave adult then. All right, who's a brave adult? Why, why would she have thought, why would she have thought was the gardener? It's a very straightforward, oh, excellent. Because maybe, like, she was, like, worried or standing in the garden where Jesus prayed. Because she was standing in the garden. Give him a round of A lot of you were way overthinking that. Just so you know, it's like, who's in Grant's tomb? Is Chuck trying to trick me? No, who's on first? What's going on? <laughs> it's simple, because he was in the garden. Because he was in the garden. Because he was gardening. Folks, allow that to sink in. They couldn't see him where he wasn't. They could see him where he was. Not the God of the dead. Have you complete this statement? Not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. The God of the living. I'm going to run back and forth here. We have times in our life that are clearly like this. Some of you are here today in this place a place of loss, a place of sadness, where we're looking at our lives and we have a feeling of nothing. There's just nothing here. And so we go around, we, we, we can always find the two people who can join us and go like, yep, nothing there. We all have those two friends. And then they retreat on back. And then we're just left with our own sorrow. If I could just see him. If I could just see her. If I just could know, and I think this is it, please listen. If I could just know that it was okay. And then picture the being in that place, folks. And then hearing your name. And again, I ask you, hear it from someone who loves you to pieces. I think about my grandpa, Charlie. You know, that's the name where I would know his home. So she hears that name and she turns and you imagine that look, this eye, the eye of Christ, all of a sudden meeting this, her eye. 
That should give you chills. The beauty of that moment where she turns from the stones and now she turns over here towards the garden, towards the flowers. I think, folks, and it's a story I tell a lot because I find it so powerful. It's a story of the guy who was Superman, Christopher Reeves. He was pretty cool back in the day. Christopher Reeves was paralyzed from the neck down. Heard him speak down in Philadelphia, an amazing talk. And he talked about being over in that rock place, like he's sitting there totally paralyzed, literally Superman brought low, literally. And he's constantly asking, like, how could God do this to me? How could God do this to me? Where is God? Is there a God? And he couldn't find God there. Because the tomb's empty. But he could find God here, in the flowers, as he looks around his bed and sees all the people there who loved him. And he said, there's God. Seeing God in those flowers. And we can go to a lot of hard places. I shouldn't even say can. We will go to a lot of hard places. And our job is to constantly turn and look for God in the flowers. Look for God. Look for God in the flowers. Look for God in the flowers. Look for God in the people that are doing good in this earth. Look for the people who are planting. Look for the people who are seeking to heal, seeking to make a difference in this world. And Easter comes alive every single day. With white chocolate, of course. That's the best. Somebody, by the way, asked, why didn't you include dark chocolate? Dark chocolate tastes like bark, just so you know. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I digress. You know, folks, like, like, this is it. And you even think about like the fact these flowers will get planted at a homeless shelter. In other words, they will come up for years on end. That's where we start to find God. That's where we start to find Christ. That's where the Christian message comes alive in new and amazing ways. And something called faithful imaginings. Just imagine that. Faithful imaginings. Able to see the world in new and different ways. Because we're hanging out in new and different places. So I close with this beautiful line from Matthew 13. Also, he's reflecting back to a line that was spoken by the poet laureate of hope, Isaiah, where he said, this is what can happen if we go to this place. We will see with our eyes. We will hear with our ears. We will understand with our hearts. And we will turn and be healed. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. May this day be blessed. May you find God anew. May you find God in life. May your heart just come alive. Amen. 
Please now join me in a prayer. I'm going to offer a prayer, and then you'll have the opportunity to say your own prayer as you know it. Actually, we're going to do a little improv thing. Do any kids want to join me for the prayer? We, I'm going to come down here, and any kids want to come down and join me for the last prayer, you can. Yes, Rachel, even big kids can come down. <laughs> I love seeing your mom volunteer you there. <laughs> All right, please join me in a prayer. So, Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Thank you for Easter, Lord. Thank you for the joy of wonderful people who are joining us here today. Amazing young adults on their way home doing incredible things, Lord. Bless their ways. And Lord, allow all of us to find that place in our heart where we shift from just seeing the rocks to seeing the flowers, to seeing Easter as that possibility of rebirth and grace and love and joy in your life. Literally, Lord, in your life, in whom we live, in whom we breathe, in whom we have our being. Be with us this Easter, Lord. Allow us to go out of here today singing a new song with great joy. In your name, we pray. Amen. listening you can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv 